Awesome. Come on, let's put our hands together. Amen. Let's begin to invite people to our Mother's Day service. Amen. And by the way, on that service, on that Sunday, we're also going to pray for all the people that have lost their mothers. We're also going to pray for all the mothers that have lost babies. We'll also pray for all the mothers that are believing God for babies. Amen. And we're going to have a gift for all the moms as well. Amen. Awesome. Hey, so good to see you in church. So good to see everybody here in church at this 11 o'clock service. Look at what God is doing here. Impact Church, two and a half years old. Amen. God's doing some amazing things here. So good to see you. It looks like United Nations here. Amen. <laughs> what an awesome thing. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's do it well. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Wonderful. Well, we're in a message series entitled Stories, and uh, today I'm not interviewing anybody, but next week we're going to interview somebody, and we're going to be talking about forgiveness next week, amen? But today we're talking about dealing with insecurity. Let's say that again, dealing with insecurity. Mm, let me tell you this, the spirit of insecurity will cripple you. And stop you from being all that God has intended for you to be. We want to be practical with this message series here in the month of April. How many people in this room have ever dealt with an insecurity? Come on, let me see some honest people in this place here. Thank, thank you for your honesty. Amen. Dealing with insecurity. Now, I want you to talk to somebody sitting next to you and just ask them, how are you doing today? Amen. We're going to be speaking from the text, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. And I want to give you homework today, okay? I want you to go home and read that entire chapter. Can we do that? Amen. This is a story of a man called Elkanah. He had two wives. Please don't try this at home. <laughs> Please. First wife was Penina. Somebody say, hey, Penny. First wife was Penina. The word Penina means precious stone. And Penina had all these babies in the world. Now, I've shared from this text before, but there's going to be something different today from this text. Amen. The second wife was called Hannah. Somebody say Hannah. And we know that Hannah was believing God for a baby for a season. But after that, God remembered her and gave her a baby. But when she was believing God, Penina was taunting her. And ridiculing her, but God ended up remembering her and giving her a baby. Amen. I declare over you in the name of Jesus that God's going to remember you and give you a miracle in the name of Jesus. Now let me say that again. I declare over you right now in the name of Jesus, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that God's going to remember you and give you a miracle in the name of Jesus. And that everybody that's laughing at you... God's going to confound that wisdom because he's going to bless you with a miracle in the name of Jesus. Your days of tears are gone and God is giving you a season of joy in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive that, somebody say amen and amen. Your season is coming in Jesus' name because your issue is temporary. God's about to bless you in the name of Jesus. 2018 is your year in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now there's some things that Hannah did well because when she was in this situation, she became insecure. There's some things that she did well and there's some things she didn't do well. But we're going to extract four principles and four points from this text on how you ought to deal with insecurity. Amen. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's just jump right into it. The first thing you need to do in order to deal with insecurity, the spirit of insecurity, is be honest about your insecurity. Let me say that again. Be honest about your insecurity. You know, it's interesting because when you read this text, you realize that Hannah had this deep insecurity that she was dealing with. But you will not find anywhere in this text where she tells her husband, Elkanah, that she's dealing with this problem. The Bible says Elkanah would ask her, why are you not eating? What's going on with you? Why are you not sleeping? Why are you not eating? And there's not a place in this text where Hannah says, this is the problem I'm dealing with and this is why I'm insecure. This is why I'm not eating. The Bible also says she goes into the temple where the priest and the pastor is a man called what? Eli. And the Bible says she's there praying and not once does she tell the pastor that this is what I'm insecure about. This is what I'm dealing with. The Bible says she goes into the temple. She begins to pray. Her lips are moving. Her mouth is moving. But there's no words coming out to the point that the priest, the pastor thought she was drinking some cognac. The Bible says the pastor thought she was drinking some beer. She thought this lady was drunk because she was speaking. She was moving her lips, but there was no sound coming out. You know why? Because she was very secretive about her issue. The first thing you need to do is be honest about your insecurity. Somebody shout, be honest. One more time, say be honest. Please write this down. This is why you should be honest about your insecurity. An insecurity is an area where you're believing a lie or not trusting God enough. An insecurity is an area where you've believed a lie or you're not trusting God enough. And what happens is if you keep that thing as a secret, the devil wants to isolate you so he can destroy you. He is the master of lies. He loves to concoct all these lies. He can come into a place like this and start speaking to you like, the pastor doesn't like you. This church doesn't like you. They think you're this. They think you're that. They think, they think you're not slim enough. They think, the devil is a liar. That's one of his greatest weapons is that he lies. And as long as you're isolated, as long as you keep your issue in the dark, the devil will control that issue and manipulate you. And all of a sudden you're down and you're broken because of the lies of the enemy. I dare you to tell somebody today that I don't like my nose. Can I go there today? Can I be honest? I dare you to tell somebody I'm not confident in this position that I just got into. I'm not very sure about this situation. Because as long as it's in the dark, it's for the devil to control and manipulate. And as long as you put it in the light, God will take care of it. Somebody say, be honest. One more time, say, be honest. Be honest. Tell somebody. Tell somebody what you're struggling with. It's so interesting. You know, I've been in ministry a long time. Uh, I feel confident in ministry. But before we started this church, for some reason, I just became so insecure. I got attacked by this spirit of insecurity. I Listen, I, I started a youth group when I was 16 years, 16 years old. That became worldwide youth ministry. When I was 26, I started this ministry 
that united thousands upon thousands of people. But just before we begun this church, I got attacked by the spirit of insecurity. I used to have nightmares that I would be standing there by myself with my wife and this room would be empty. I'd be sweating. I had one crazy dream that, that the worship team was packing up their stuff. Adria was grabbing all his drums and stuff and leaving like, there's no people here. There's nothing going on. I'm out of here. I became so insecure and I called this man of God called Bob Weiner, a great man of faith. He was the first person to go into Russia when the Berlin Wall had fallen. And I called this man of God at first. I was so ashamed to call him because he knows me as Zenzo, the man of faith, the man that has brought thousands of people in Boston. But here I was, shaken, shaken. Why? It's because the spirit of insecurity is built on a lie, not reality. It's built on believing a lie. That's why you will find that some of the most beautiful women in the world are also some of the most insecure women in the world. Why? Because the spirit of insecurity is built on believing a lie, not reality. Yeah. You find some of the most gifted people in the world are also some of the most insecure people in the world. Why? Because the spirit of insecurity is built on believing a lie, not the truth. So here's a question I have for you. What lie are you believing about yourself? Yeah. What area of your life are you not trusting God enough? Is it your future? Is it your career? Uh, is it your marriage? What area of your life do you need to trust God more this year? I'm going to make you do this. Please turn to the person on your right and just ask them, what lie are you believing about yourself? And expect an answer. What lie are you believing about yourself? Has the devil isolated you? And he's lying to you. Your future is questionable. Your purpose is not going to come through. Hey, Zenzo, this whole church thing you're believing about will never happen. This will never happen. That will never happen. What lie have you believed? Now, imagine if I believe that lie. I'm so glad you're here today. Two and a half years later, we're in three services because I refuse to believe a lie of the devil. I came here today to encourage somebody. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Your future is wonderful. Come on. I see you in the future and you look much better than you look like now. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. It's not over until God says it's over. Somebody shout hallelujah in this place. You're going to make it going to make it. That company is going to make it. That business is going to make it. Stand on the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's go to the next one. Number two. The second thing you need to do in order to break the spirit of insecurity is you need to refuse false remedies. You need to refuse false remedies. Yeah. You know the Bible says when Elkanah recognized that when Hannah was broken, insecure about her situation, the Bible says when they would go to worship, he would give Panina some stuff and give her children some stuff. But to Hannah, he would stuff her with stuff. He would give her double. He would give her a double portion. Yeah. Out of pity, he would give her stuff. Don't allow people to give you stuff because they feel sorry for you. And the Bible says 
She refused the stuff. Because the stuff was a false remedy. And this is where most people have gotten themselves in trouble. Because we have these coping mechanisms. What's your coping mechanism? Once you feel insecure, what's your coping mechanism? Once you don't feel good enough, do, do you start eating all kinds of stuff? What's your coping mechanism? Because of this, most people have found themselves in alcoholism and all kinds of drugs. And they've found themselves hooked because they subscribed to a false remedy. We break that spirit in the name of Jesus. Bible says Elkanah would bring all kinds of stuff. Can I make the Bible real to you? It means Elkanah would go to Walmart shopping and he would bring, he would bring back this big box of Twix chocolate bars. And say, hey, Hannah, I know you're sad today. Why don't you, why don't you binge on these Twix chocolate bars? Come on, somebody. And, and, and he, would, he would say, why don't I, I'm going to give you this gold card. It's got $10,000 on it. Why don't you go shopping? Why don't you go to the mall and buy yourself some high heels with red bottoms? And get some Chanel and some Louis Vuitton and some Coach. What is your coping mechanism? What is the false remedy that you've subscribed to? What's the false remedy? This is what most people do. Are you sowing into the spirit or are you sowing into the flesh? Yeah. Once you feel insecure, are you sowing into the spirit or are you sowing in the flesh? Because you shall reap whatever you sow. The Bible says Galatians 6, 7 to 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he shall reap. Right, let's go to number three. The third thing you need to do in order to deal with the spirit of insecurity is embrace your journey. Oh, let me say that again. Embrace your journey. I know you've got some great stuff in your life. I also know that you have some not so great stuff in your life. But you've got to trust God that he knows what he's doing with your life. Uh, you've got to embrace your journey. Because uh, here's what happens. Right? This is crazy. Here's Penina. She's looking at Hannah and she wants Hannah's life. <laughs> Here's Hannah looking at Penina, and she wants Penina's life. And this is what we do. You've got to realize that God is up to something. Please don't wish you had something else or somebody else's life. Embrace your journey. God never makes mistakes. Embrace your journey. God's going to use the positive things and the negative things to bring you to the place you're supposed to get to. Embrace your journey. Somebody say embrace your journey. Embrace your journey. God's working something out. You don't see it. Hey, Hannah, you don't see right now that even though you don't have babies, God's preparing you to have someone who's going to be a prophet, a priest, and a judge. Right now, it doesn't feel like it, but in the future, you're going to celebrate. So don't wish you had Penina's life because Penina never had a prophet, never had a priest, never had a judge. Somebody say, embrace your journey. One more time, embrace your journey. The word penina means precious stone, means bling bling. And I've told you before, it means that when penina would show up, 
should have all the, all the bling around her. She should have a string of kids following her. Somebody say, hey, Penny. She should show up like that. And Hannah would become sad. But there's nowhere in that Bible where it says that Elkanah loved Penina. Ladies, how many of you would love to have so many babies with a man that doesn't love you and loves somebody else? Come on, talk to me, talk to me. So even though Penina looked like everything was working for her, she was depressed, she was sad, probably despised the kids because all she wanted was the love of this man. I think Elkanah was so bad looking. I mean, bad means good. I think he looked better than Denzel. Come on, somebody. I think he looked better than Brad Pitt. Come on, somebody. I mean, because this, this lady here, Penina is just, she's crying. She wants his love. But he's in love with another woman. So even though Hannah wanted what Penina had, not everything that glitters is gold. Please don't ever covet somebody else's life because all you see on the outside is not everything. Trust me, it's just 1% of the real deal. Because nobody posts a picture on Facebook saying, I just got chased by my wife with pots and pans on the street. No, no, no. You only post a picture when you're having a good time. We're having a good time. You don't know that they just had a fight in the back. So all you see is 1%. Been there, done that. Back in the days, my wife and I, I married an Italian woman, man. Somebody should have warned me. She used to chase me down the street with a baseball bat. Come on, somebody. And then I'd run away, and then after that, would post a picture just having fun. <laughs> Things are all good. And many people are like, I want Pastor Zenzel's life. You don't know what I got to do living with an Italian woman. What you see on the outside is not everything. Embrace your journey. Trust God and embrace your journey. And here was Hannah. And all she wanted was Penina's life. All she wanted was the babies and didn't recognize that she's desiring after this person who is so broken and is tired of living a life that's fake. She's uh, tired of showing like she has, it, she has it all, but she can't sleep in the night. Embrace your journey. Embrace the good stuff and the negative stuff because God's going to use it. And you only have one life, YOLO. Y-O-L-O. You only have one life to live. You might as well live it with Jesus. And while you're living it, you might, you might as well have some ice cream and have fun with it. Because this is all you got. Come on, somebody. You're not getting another second life. Somebody. Hallelujah. Enjoy your life. Embrace your life. Come on, huh? as a pastor, I want to see a church of people who are alive and living their life. There's nothing worse than seeing a, ch a Christian who's always beat down. Come on, it's time to rise up in the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness in this place with somebody who's a true believer, who says, Jesus has saved my life. I may not be where I want to be, but I sure ain't where I used to be. I can celebrate what God's given me right here, right now. God, I give you the praise for all the great stuff in my life and all the not so great stuff because I can trust you that's real Christianity is trusting God trusting God he never promised us that we're just going to have everything please don't question his love he's already died for us I remember somebody told me 
one thing I said to somebody, I said, hey, man, I have a vision that God wants me to start a church, and it's going to be a cross-cultural church. I, I see white people. I see Latinos. I see Asians. I see Brazilians. I see, I, see, I see black people. I see Haitians. I see everybody. Amen. Come on, somebody. And this person told me, says, Zenzo, it's not going to work because you don't have the right name. I said, Zenzo Matoga. That's how he made it sound. Ma Zenzo Matoga. Ah, you're not going to get the nations over there. So I changed, I changed my name, y'all. <laughs> I believe the lie. I took my middle name, which is Jeffrey with a G, the, the UK, the English Jeffrey. So I said, my new name now is Zenzo Jeffries. I said, put a little S at the end, Zenzo Jeffries. I said, sounds good. My wife was like, nope, I'm not going to be known as Mrs. Jeffries. Nope. I did not marry an African guy to be known as Mrs. Jeffries. I'm not English. I said, hon, work with me here. You know, movie actors, pastors, all these different guys, they, you know, they get a stage name, you know. And she said, no, I'm not going to go with that. For a little period, I was known as Zenzo Jeffries. Don't call me Matoga. You know, I realized later on that Matoga actually sounds more Italian than anything. You know, Matoga. <laughs> Linguini, Matoga. But God told me, get your name back because I know what I'm doing. Don't you change your name for anybody. I was, I, was I was trying to change my name. I was changing my accent a little bit. I wanted to talk like somebody else. But listen, I have embraced who I am with my African self. I love to worship. I get rambunctious. I run around. I go crazy for Jesus. But look around this room. There's white people. There's Asians. There's everybody. You don't need to change anything for anybody. Come on, let me take a little praise break right here with my African self and celebrate the goodness of God. You don't have to change anything about you. God knows what he's doing. Can I get a witness of somebody who believes that God's about to do something with your life? Come on, love your life. Love who you are. Celebrate yourself. Hallelujah. Thank God for your big nose. You can, be, you can, you can, you can breathe extra. Amen. Thank God if you're so tall, you can, you can be a giant. Come on, somebody. I struggled for a long time. I said, God, I wish I was tall. I used to wear shoes with a little heel on there, you know. When I say hi to people, I used to greet them like this. And then I found out that I'm the same height as Dr. Martin Luther King. Come on, somebody. I've got the height of giants, so now I walk a little differently. Come on, somebody. Embrace your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because somebody has believed a lie in this place. God says, Zenzo, I want to use you. With your short self, with your no hair self, can I be real here? With your accent, with everything you are, I want to use you. That's why I'm honest with our stories. Because if God can do it for me, he's going to do it for you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me tell you this. God never uses duplicates. Refuse to be a duplicate because once you become a duplicate, you're not usable by God anymore. Once there's two, God cannot use both of you. Yeah. That's why you've got a set of fingerprints that nobody has ever had past, present, and future. Can I give you a tweet? Here's my tweet. I can find it. God never uses a duplicate. He only uses an original. Be yourself. Because somebody else is already taken.
Be yourself. Finally, the fourth thing you need to do to break the spirit of insecurity, prepare in private. Prepare in private. Somebody say prepare in private. When it's all said and done, Hannah went into the presence of God. She began to see God's face. She had an encounter with God, but she also had an encounter with a spiritual father called Hannah. Sorry, called Eli. And Eli said to her, young lady, go back because God has remembered you. He's blessed you. Wash your face. Go home and eat. And she left that place knowing she had her miracle before she actually possessed the miracle. Let me tell you this. The victory you're going to have over your insecurity is going to happen in a private place, not in a public place. It's really what you do in private that's going to fix your insecurity. And I'm trying to get this generation to begin to spend time with God. I'm trying to get some people in this room to take one hour daily. And you know how you do that? Take 30 minutes in the morning. You can wake up 30 minutes early. Because you know what? If there's a good ball game in town that you really want to be at, you can get up two hours early to get ready for it. So you can get up 30 minutes early to spend time with God and take another 30 minutes in the evening to spend time with God. You can do that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The way you defeat the lies of the enemy, because every insecurity is based on a lie, is by encountering the truth. Until you have an encounter with the truth, you will always believe a lie. Matter of fact, the moment of insecurity is the moment when you feel the farthest away from God. Not because God has departed, but because you're not aware of him. Mm. I want to see a generation that spends time with God. And he begins to tell you who you are. You begin to discover your identity. And as you discover your identity and you're sure, because that insecurity, insecurity, the English prefix in means not, not secure. What's going to make you secure is when you believe in the solid rock. His name is Jesus. Are you standing on Jesus? You cannot stand on Jesus until you begin to know him. Spend time in his presence. Spend time in his presence. You know, when I was younger, I used to chase these evangelists. I used to show up at conferences and, and I used to stalk them. I used to, I chased one man of God who's on TV. I, I chased him in the bathroom. I was talking to him while he's in there. I, one of the evangelists, I found his wife's cell phone. I was calling and trying to get a break in ministry. And God told me, son, you go back home. You begin to seek my face, and I'm going to use you. And in my 20s, I spent time fasting and praying, seeking God's face. I went through a time one time. I went through an extended period of two years of consecration. I'd wake up not knowing if I was going to eat that day or not and just seek God's face. I'd take, I'd take three days every single month, no food, no water, on my face. And right there, God gave me a vision that gathered thousands in this city and all those men I used to chase came looking for me right here in my city. Right here in my city. Let me tell you this. No person in this world will give you what only Jesus can give you. Yeah. No person. It's in God's presence. It's in the presence of Daddy God. 
I want to woo you into God's presence. We are so busy. We're so busy. We're so busy. He wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you who you are in private so that when you stand in public, you're secure. You're secure. I want to finish by telling you that there are three kinds of insecurities. Did you know that? Three kinds of insecurities. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. First one is an insecurity that's brought about by an attack of the enemy. It's a demonic insecurity. That's what happened with Jesus. He was fasting. Luke chapter 4, he's fasting and the devil comes to tempt him. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? If you worship me, I'll give you these cities. Yeah. But because Jesus was secure in himself, he would not fall. He said, I don't have to worship you. I was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was this. I was there in the beginning. I created what you're trying to give me. And that's exactly what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to give you what Jesus has already given you through the cross of Calvary. First insecurity comes because of an attack of the enemy. The second one comes because you messed up, because you made a mistake yourself. David is standing on the porch of his house. He sees a woman who's taking a shower. He makes a mistake. And after that, he's, he's unsure of himself as a king. He becomes insecure because of a mistake that he committed. That's the second way you receive an insecurity. But listen to this. Don't forget this. For as long as you live, the third insecurity comes because God himself has brought it upon you. Here's a question. Who closed Hannah's womb? She became insecure because God made her insecure. There's an insecurity that God will allow you to go through because it causes you to press deeper into God. It causes you to search for Him. But until you begin to spend time in God's presence, you will never know which one you're dealing with. You'll never know. So we want to spend time in God's presence so you can know this is a demonic attack. This insecurity is a demonic attack. This insecurity is there because I messed up. But this one is there. There's a thorn in my flesh. And God has kept that flesh, that, that thorn there. Because when I am weak, he is strong. There's an insecurity that God will allow to bring. So it brings you closer into God's presence. So here's the good news. You're going to be dealing with insecurities for the rest of your life. And here's some more good news. You want to deal with the good insecurities that have been brought about by God. Because those will bring you closer to His presence. Somebody shout hallelujah. I still wrestle with some insecurities. There's days I wake up, I go through weeks when I'm wrestling with something. I'm wrestling with something, but God uses it. It brings me to my knees. It causes me to fast and pray. It causes me to press in. And sometimes we complain over what God himself is doing. Why would God close Hannah's womb? I told you. When God closes your womb, it's because he has put a sign that says under construction. There's something bigger and greater that's coming. There's something awesome that I'm doing. And so God will allow you to be in that place of insecurity. 
Because a broken and a contrite heart, I will not despise, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Please stand if you can. Please stand if you can. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is how I want you to start your day from now on. Some of you, there are miracles, there's prosperity, there's, bl there's blessing that's about to break out of your life. If you can just begin to spend time with Daddy God every morning and allow Him to reintroduce you to you in His presence. So right, right here in this atmosphere, I'm going to have Jen just begin to sing. Picture Daddy God right here in this atmosphere, in this beautiful atmosphere. And I want you to do this every morning. As she begins to sing, there's going to be healing that's going to take place. Fear is going to leave right here in his presence. You know why? Because he can be trusted. He can be trusted. Our God can be trusted. He can be trusted. through a season my wife, my wife and I went through a season and I got permission to share this story my wife and I went through a season where where our intimacy was attacked my wife had just had four babies and, and would be in the bedroom in the night I put the light on she'd turn it off she wanted to be in the dark and one day she broke down and just said I I don't feel confident about myself. I, I feel like I'm overweight and, and I've got all these stretch marks. All these stretch marks from having babies. Women, you can relate to this. And she said, I just don't feel beautiful. I just don't feel beautiful. And I said, Han, I, I, I love you just the way you are. I, I love everything about you. And, and that night, God instructed me to just start kissing each one of our stretch marks, each one of our scars. I said, I love you. And God healed us. The following week, she came back in the bedroom. She put some music. She was modeling for me. She's, she was free. Yeah. I hear God saying, would you let me kiss your scars? Would you let me kiss your wounds? Would you let me kiss your wounds? I love you the way you are. I can be trusted. I can be trusted. You've been bruised. You've been broken. It's confusing. 
Would you let me kiss your scars? Would you let me sing over you? Would you lay yourself at my feet? Would you trust me again? Would you trust me again? Would you trust me again? This is what Jesus did. After he died, the way he reintroduced himself to the disciples is, he says, here's my scars. Here's my scars. Here's the wounds. Here's the wounds. Here's the wounds. Here's the wounds. Would you give him your wounds? Would you trust him? Would you trust him? There's a healing that's happening right here. There's a deliverance that's happening here. There's a deep cleansing that's happening in the building now. As he kisses your wounds again. Yes, I know you've messed up. I know, I know. He knows. Come on. Jesus knows your insecurities. He knows you're going to mess up. He still chose you. Still chose you. This is a new day. Let faith arise. God, we'll believe you again. We'll believe you again. We'll believe you again.